Well, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Now listen, the cruise is just about to start, but let me fill you in on a few details if you've never been here before. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ, and it's our continuing prayer that we help you grow closer to Jesus every day. Now, you might be wondering why it's called Biblical Chili. You see, around this table, we have people from all walks of life, different histories, backgrounds, different futures, even different religious views. But even with all these differences, that shouldn't hinder us from carrying on a conversation. And you stepped in at a good time, too, because the Chili Crew is walking through the Bible from cover to cover. And right now, they're in the book of Exodus. Moses talking to a burning bush, plagues, Exodus out of slavery, and the Ten Commandments. Woo! This gives me the collywobbles just thinking about it. All right, so last time we were in chapter 8 of Exodus. We went through the frogs, the lice, or what was it? It was lice or... Gnats. Gnats, yeah, thank you. Gnats and then flies. Now we're in chapter 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go in to Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle, in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, and on the sheep of very severe pestilence. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. Then the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent, and indeed not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh became hard, and he did not let the people go. Didn't they say earlier, like at the end of Genesis, something about the Egyptians not... I thought Joe said something like that, Joseph. He said something, hey, why don't you tell Pharaoh that you're a shepherd? Because, you know, and he said something like, because, you know, he doesn't like shepherds. You guys remember that? Yeah, you're talking about the uh, when they came back with the the family was trying to get the grain... And his family was actually going to Egypt. They don't like shepherds and they have to be on the outskirts. And they have to go to Goshen because it's on the outskirts. And they won't bother them because they feel they belittle them. Because they look down upon the sheep herders. Uh, Yeah, yes. Okay, so this is Genesis 46-34. And you shall say, your servant's occupation has been livestock from our youth, even till now, both we and our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. That doesn't make sense. Right. What is it, what is it talking about there then? If they have, if the Egyptians have oxen and sheep and camels, or is it that they only had, with that cattle, they only had like servants care for it? That's a good possibility. To have I don't know. The I, servants I, I, take care of the actual ox and all that other stuff, because of the hierarchy. 
Well, most of the animals that were mentioned, like horses, donkeys, camels, oxen, and then the only two that are not, but they said sheep and cattle, but all the other ones, they're all working animals. They're not, like, you don't you don't kill a donkey and eat it. You don't kill a horse and eat it, you know. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure people have. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure people have. people do. <laughs> I'm sure they have. I'm just saying, like, it wasn't... It's not a, at least it's not common now that you, you eat horses or eat donkeys. I mean, the Native Americans used to do that. Yeah? Eat horses. Okay. They didn't let yeah, anything go to practice. Yeah. They didn't let anything I, go I could to be waste. completely off on this one then. Okay, so and we have been talking about this, uh, about the gods of the Egyptians that God is trying to more or less break in the mind of the Egyptians. So the fifth pestilence, the pestilence on livestock... The god was called Hathar. It was the mother goddess, which was a cow. Apis was the bull of the god Pephet, fertility symbol, sorry. And Minos was a holy bull from Heliopolis. So they did have several gods that had, you know, the head of a bull or uh, something like that. Once again, God is trying to show in the minds of the Egyptians what's going on. Yeah, well, and those, you know, I know that that um, deity represented love and protection. Each one kind of was worshipped. You know, you had the fertility god or goddess or the goddess of here is this goddess of love and protection. So God's saying, are your gods love, you know, (laughs) protecting you right now? Through the, through the whole thing, it, it, they have. Okay, so I, I do have a question, and, and I know we still, we're only up to five. We still have several plagues left. We're, we're barely halfway. So this is obviously not up to the Egyptians, right? The whole releasing of the Israelites, right? So it's not like they, they would have stood up and voted and said, hey, Pharaoh, person, guy, why don't you just let them go? These five plagues alone have, you know, tear, tore down our livestock. We've had flies. We've had lice. We've had frogs coming in, which and that was another one. They, they thought frogs were, were something special and holy. So they would have obviously, or, or I guess my question is, is do you think the Egyptians at this point broke? And this is only the, the hardened heart of Pharaoh up to this point. Because we're, we're only halfway. We're halfway through the game. My opinion is no. So you don't think that the Egyptians no, no, are upset at this? They're, they're probably upset. I mean, if you look at what's going on now in the world and everything else, like if you're in the know-ish what's going on in the United States, outside of the United States, you still look at it and go, hmm, it's not really affecting me. Like it, it hurt me a little bit, but... I can move on. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Right. Well, and I think it's probably different for everybody. Like we talked a little bit in the beginning when we first started going into these plagues about the kind of larger thing that this represents, like Pharaoh being our flesh, wanting to do what we want to do. And, you know, God kind of using and really almost just the consequences of our actions to try to get us to turn away from doing that. Um, and you see all the time, like if, if people are habitually, you know, doing these things that are clearly destructive, there's tons of consequences from those actions. But 
like we see people making excuses all the time like oh well i uh traffic was really bad or <laughs> um i don't know whatever like it, it's so hard to identify you know, what sin or what idol you know we're kind of worshiping and actually take the blame ourselves and and want to stop doing it and and turn around and some people might be really easy to break it might have been the first plague and they're like ah <laughs> okay okay like god is good and i'm gonna do whatever he says and some people it might be the last the last one so do you think are they are they like checking off their gods like hey we still have a lot we still have a whole lot more wonderful gods so they like stop praying to the bull god and they start praying to the next one or the next you know what i mean is it something like that or is it like kind of like what you're saying i kind of like the, the way you explained it was okay well the flies were bad yeah but okay no we're fine we're, we're okay right. we're okay this is over i mean know. it's like if you look at someone who all they have is is their material possessions and what they have you know it's always they're going to keep, you know, that person's going to keep going until they have nothing left. <laughs> but they might not necessarily think that their their job or that they they failed some way and they they lost their job. It's like, "Oh, that that employer was so unfair and fired me for like no reason and it wasn't my fault. It was their fault." But but now like even though you don't have that job anymore, you're going to hold on to the other things. So you're talking about they're not really like self-analyzing the situation. They're kind of looking at it so. outwards and going, look at that terrible Moses guy. Look what he's doing to us. To like some people probably will if they actually, like I said, in the know. Because the conversations that happen in Pharaoh's chambers normally didn't get out that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like, know. Maybe there's some nobles, you know? I mean, <laughs> some people talk normal rumor mills but about time that like the shepherd or someone else actually got a rumor it'd be like moses said something to pharaoh you know what i mean it would have been changed so much that it wouldn't have had any kind of i want to say truth to it almost like the chinese uh yeah what is it the phone game yeah or whatever yeah and also the fact that like it was they're they're looking at it okay they wake up they go about their day they see some frogs they see some lice they see this they see that they're not really worried about what pharaoh's doing what they're worried about <laughs> is not actually getting on pharaoh's bad side and then also trying not to get trying to make a living you know what i mean and then also because of the fact that they have several gods that means the fact that like we still haven't hit on all the gods that they actually had no, at that no, time. No, 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 no. I, I don't even think all these plagues are going to hit them all. They're probably just going to hit the top line here. So some of those people would actually stick to those gods, and they never got touched. Like you know what I mean. So they still have so, like faith. some of the lesser demigods or right. something. Right. Like they would have their like faith in this one. That's what happens when you have multiple different gods because some people believe in all of them instead of just like eh. hmm. Jesus and his father. I mean, it's kind of simple. It's weird. Some, some thought behind Pharaoh being linked to the divine, like their, oh, yeah. their deity system. And you know, that's a, that's a long held, um, that was a long held tradition that there was a whole backstory behind why somebody was chosen to be Pharaoh and all of those right. kinds of things. 
Yeah. No, so, and, that, and that's a good point too. Just by proxy of what of the stance that Pharaoh has about this situation, you have to think that that would be translated to those that are following Pharaoh with that kind of worship stance. Mentality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is just kind of like a side note before I continue on on verse eight. There's no in this in, in this section, this plague, there was no. And then Pharaoh called Moses and asked him to relinquish the, the plague, yada, 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 yada. It was just a, hey, God's going to kill your cattle. And and that's it. And then we continue on in verse eight. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourselves a handful of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh, and it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt, and it will cause boils that break out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Then they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward the heaven, and they caused boils to break out in sores on man and beast, and the magicians could not stand before Moses because of their boils, for the boils were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. So this is another time. In like se- several times here so far in this this thing so far in in this time where. It's not, hey, come back. Okay, yeah, I'll let you, you know, the whole like tricking Moses to say, hey, you know, take away the plague, that kind of thing. Like that, two times now, we got the livestock disease and the boils disease. And so it seems like God is just, he's pulling out, pulling out the big guns. He's saying, okay, next one, next one, next one. Whether Pharaoh's ready for it or not, it, it sounds like God's going down this path. Um, and, and just before you guys pl- jump in, plague number six is boils. And... This is and can represent the god S-E-K-H-M-E-T, Shekhmet, the goddess with a lion's head, goddess of plagues, but could also heal. This could be one of the, one of the represented gods that, that God is trying to, the God of heaven, is trying to destroy in, in their minds because if she's obviously the goddess of, of disease, she can take the disease away. So she's the goddess of healing also. Which is, actually, that's kind of ironic too. <laughs> well, you get on her bad side, you're gonna get you're gonna get a disease, and you get on her good side and you're 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 not. She's she's gonna take it away. So I mean that makes sense to me. It's two sides of the same coin. Right. And, and this just this, this kind of occurred to me. This is the second time ashes were used. This was ashes out of the furnace, and then now, is this crematory thermos, or are we talking like regular furnace? furnace? I think it just means stove. Like, okay. Y- you know what I mean? Because it's not, they they did have like, you know, like if, if they're saying the furnace, then it would be, you know, the, the brick oven or whatever they were cooking their, their pizza in. Okay. Have you, has, has any of you ever had a boil? Mm. You don't have to admit it, but. No. I, I have family members who have them. had a boil before. They're bad. Like. They're they're kind of disgusting. They, well, they they hurt a lot, right? Because it's just it's basically like imagine a zit 
that's you can't pop because it's like an inch below the surface or a quarter inch below the surface. It's so deep you can't get to it, but because you can't get to it and release the pressure, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Or if it gets like really super infected, it can hurt just because of the simple fact that it's, it's an infection. Like, Ouch. but it sounds like to me, and I, I, I may just be going a little off on this, but it sounds like to me that the magicians couldn't stand before Moses because they probably had it covering their body. Like they probably went with Pharaoh saying, Hey, we're your magicians, yada, yada, yada. And then they threw, he threw the dust up in the air and the dust probably landed on Pharaoh and the guys. I mean, and they were just covered from head to foot in all of like these, these, these boils. So the way I'm thinking about this is especially during this time, these guys probably had these black robes, sandals on, and the hood to go with it. A little warmer than Michigan. Right, right. But it's also jungle climate, so technically it would still be good. And it also would have a different temperature and different atmosphere. And a little bit more moisture. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Michigan gets a lot of humidity, man. Yeah. But no, like I'm seriously like thinking about the robes where it straight up had a hood on it. And so the only thing they could get would probably be like, oh, he's throwing ashes. Oh, what is he doing? And then, oh, my face kind of deal. Oh, that would be terrible. That's what oh, I'm thinking. That would be terrible right in the face. Yeah. I was thinking the bottom of the feet because you couldn't – that means if you had it all over your body, you couldn't walk yeah, or stand. Thinking, uh, and if you had it on, like, your back, you couldn't lay down. It just – I think the top of the feet and the face and the hands because, again, anything that I can think of, like, it's for, like – any kind of witch doctor kind of thing, you straight up have the face, the hands, and the feet. That's the only thing that's showing. So I, I don't know. I just and and beasts. So all the animals too. Apparently, their their chihuahuas apparently had boils too. So okay, so let's move on to plague number seven, hail. Now this one's this one's a long part of the chapter. This is verse thirteen, but this this is gonna complete out chapter nine. So plague number seven. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh." So uh, before we go much farther, so is this the next day? I'm going with yes. I would probably go with that. Like it sounds like these plagues are happening day after day after day, or maybe a couple days span, not like months in between. Because it just says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me, for at this time I will send all my plagues to your heart and on your servants and on your people, that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Why would God send the plagues to his heart and his people and his land? So, like, why his heart? I feel like it's illustrating the point that these are to bring him to repentance and bring him to a heart change. God's trying to. Trying, I but guess, that's is the, the key yeah, word. Yeah, that's the point behind them. <laughs> Continuing ver verse 15. 
Now, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. I think that just means like you'd be dead. I'd kill you. Uh, verse 16. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. God is saying that I raised you up. So in other words, I was the one that put you on this throne. Right? I mean, I'm the one that put you in this powerful spot. Right. But he's doing this. God put him in that powerful spot to show his power through Pharaoh. Or this says in. In you. So using him as a pawn. I guess that's what I'm asking. Is it he's is he using it at, using Pharaoh as a pawn, or is he merely doing these actions and it's still up to Pharaoh to make a choice to submit to God and His power or to deny it over and over? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a very fine line there. This is kind of like the conversation that we had over the or that we had last week uh, regarding uh, Lucifer, right? If you take this free will thing to its furthest extent, then even in the midst of as as these things are happening, Pharaoh had the opportunity to to react a certain way and had the choice to react a certain way, though God is a God outside of what we would classify as time and space. I think the Bible is pretty clear that that. God is not beholden to the same kind of time patterns that we are. Right. So being able to see what, you know, what's going to happen doesn't mean that in those moments, Pharaoh didn't still have the choice to listen or to not listen in each one of our own lives, we can see we it's very easy to point back to different situations and say, this is an opportunity where if I would have just listened here, or if I would have just done this differently, that there is a very clear indication that things would have been different. You know? Right. Right. And I, I can see where you're going with that because so like God raised him up either way, but it was kind of, the ball was kind of in Pharaoh's court this whole time to, Accept or deny, I guess. Obedience or rejection. He hardened the heart several times. I'm not saying the fact that, like, just because he hardened it doesn't mean the fact that he can't go, you know what, I should probably listen to this guy. What What is it going to do? Like, am I going to, like, right. I'm not going to die because of it. I'm just going to set some people free. They're going to come back, and they're going to be my slaves again. You know what I mean? But that's just it, is it? Over and over and over, it says that right. Pharaoh hardened his heart. You know, and he, a lot of times it actually says Pharaoh, Pharaoh hardened his heart against God. Like he didn't harden his heart, apparently, against Moses and Aaron. It was God that right. he hardened his heart. Yeah, I think that Pharaoh is, you know, he's the character that, you know, he ate of the the, the serpent's fruit, right? He's like, I want to be God myself. I want to know good and evil. I want to make my own rules. Like, I want everyone to worship me. So it's not that he doesn't, you know, he's already made all those choices. So I feel like when it's more that God allowed him, even though he's chosen right. bad over and over again, God still has allowed him to rise into power, even though that 
probably meant, you know, people were going to kind of suffer because of that, but he had to show, you know, how bad bad was so that he could work through it. But, but Pharaoh, you know, he made those choices over and over again to choose bad and, you know, do that. So it's like, okay, I can kind of make an educated guess based on what I see in your heart that, you know, you're going to choose bad over and over again, no matter what I do, you're going to harden your heart, you're going to keep sinning, you're going to do this, right. but yet I'm going to allow you to succeed right. so that others might not fall in the same trap as you. I mean, imagine Susanna, if God intervened every, every time that a human being wanted to do something evil. Imagine if God intervened every time. Like, yeah, just just wow. a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. Hitler would have never killed a lot of people. I, I don't. I don't even think we would have made it to Hitler. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Um, it, it's. In, it would be interesting to me. It's one of those. You know, if you could pick their brain, sort of moments that if some of this seeming vendetta against God, seeming hard-hearting towards towards God. Um, had anything to do with with you know the the stories that he had to have heard from his own family about the significance of the the lineage of the pharaohs and all of those kinds of things like wait i'm supposed to be the most important person right here. i'm supposed to be in this figurehead sort of role but these people won't stop worshiping this other thing I could, and that's a, that's a really good point because if he believes that he is a god, or soon to be god, because I think it was, that was the the point in some of their ceremonies was they were to you know transition them into the, to the um, holiness, and yeah, the else. afterlife, something like that. So he was like a demigod now, but right, I, still the same point. If he's got that godlike mentality, it's going to bleed over into these decisions he's making. Absolutely. All right. Uh, continuing on, verse seventeen. As yet you exalt yourself against my people in that you will not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time, I will cause very heavy hail to rain down, such as not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Verse 19, therefore send now and gather your livestock. Is there any left? <laughs> <laughs> they were just given boils and disease and pestilence. Um, sorry. <laughs> Gather your livestock and all that you have in the field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and is not brought home, and they shall die. Verse 20. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and... His livestock flee to the houses, but he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants. Oh, the servants too. I didn't even think about that. Left his servants and livestock in the field. So they're their own people, like the servants they have, they're, they're killing them. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward, uh, toward heaven and there may be hail that there may be hail in the land of Egypt on man on beast on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt and Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire darted to the ground and the Lord rained hail on the land 
So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail. So very heavy. Or so, yeah, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since the beginning of the nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt. All that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail struck the herb of the, every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. That This could be why it's not a jungle anymore. I mean, if you get you have hail like this, only the land of Goshen and the children of Israel where there was no hail. Okay, so question, actually a lot of questions. What is it talking about? Thunderings and lightnings and, and fire mixed with the hail? Isn't hail ice? Yes. Or was it like frozen well what's what's a flammable frozen thing like you can freeze, you can freeze methane no dry ice ain't flammable i know that's it's carbon. explosive that's carbon yeah but it's just because of the pressure but if you think about it so immediately like, so let's say the fact that it's like a giant iceberg in space this so is a comet way, yeah a comet so if it breaks apart even though the fact that it's Still, still like rock, there still could be ice because the depending on the thickness could actually break out and come down. Oh man, that's a good point. It could have been a comet that God sent down with, I mean, who knows what kind right. of chemicals could have been in it? Because I know you can, you can freeze, I think meth, I think it's methane. You can freeze methane yes. solid, the liquid methane, you can freeze it solid and light the ice on fire. And it'll, I mean, it'll just sit there and smolder, but it, it's, it's really, really, and I've actually seen it done. It's actually really cool looking. But if, if that comet had some kind of flammable something in it and it fell out of the heavens, I mean, I know we're trying to put some scientific thing to this of hail and thunder and lightnings and, and fire mingling down, but maybe it was, I mean, maybe right. that's how God used it. Cause in, in all, in all of these, can we say God is using, and we talked about this earlier, God is using a miracle, but he's using it with using natural means, or, or he's executing the miracle through natural means. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's part of what makes this part of the Bible um, so significant from an apologetics point of view, because there are different migratory patterns, there are different after effects from these different plagues that you can historically look to having actually happened in the land that this is talking about. Okay. Okay. So the jungle, because the fact that it was a jungle and everything else, we brought this up. I brought it up in this episode. Yeah. The water turning into blood. That's the reason why some of the grass died off. It would, it would have the, well, I mean, look at just look at this so far. Many of the, like the flies, the the lice, the disease of the of the plagues of the animals. Because it, believe it or not, it does take animals to to keep a lot of nature going. Because you know that they, they eat and, and they you know the the symbiotic thing, and 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 boils on the animals. And and now we're talking about hail. Hail would it, and it it says it right here that it busted all the trees of the field and all the herb of the field and basically everything was crushed. And to prove your point and and to make your point. That would explain why it Egypt used to be, and there's a lot on this, by the way. And and I I know Joe was going down the historical side with this. There's a lot of evidence to to show, uh, mainly historical documentation, that Egypt was not a desert. 
They were not like scrap. Who would build a, one of the greater civilizations on this planet in the desert? They wouldn't have gone out. Oh, hey, look, the desert. Wow, we got a little bit of water here. No, it was a lush, beautiful, green jungle. And my guess is, my guess is, many of these plagues probably are what triggered its downfall very rapidly. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, yeah. You can point to to use that to go back to that um, that word miraculous or maybe drastic might be in, might be another word, but you can see a very quick turnaround in the ecosystem of um of egypt where something significant that's one of the universally agreed upon things of this time period is even if you do not believe that it was a divine creator god that did all of these things and and all that 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 something happened in that land to To, to egypt devastate everything which makes, which is like I said, that in comparison to looking at all of the different pieces of historical data that we have from this time, um, is really mind blowing to see the very tangible nature of every single one of these plagues that are coming through. I think this is an obvious question, but I'm still going to ask it. Why? And did you notice this? Did you know this? And this isn't the first time either. God gave Pharaoh full disclosed warning. Hey, if you don't want your people to die, you need to bring them in. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there was a full disclosure of information of what's going to happen here because God was trying to save as many as he could with warning. I mean, quite frankly, all, all the plagues are warnings, uh, but he was, tr- he was still trying to do that. Still trying to take that extra mile to give Pharaoh at least some some semblance of mercy here that he's clearly not accepting. So verse 27 says, And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron. Okay, so we just went through three plagues, and he finally called them back. And said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and my people and I are wicked. Entreat the Lord that there may be no more mighty thundering and hail, for it is enough. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. Verse 29. So Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of this city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you will not yet fear the Lord God. Now the flax and the barley were struck, for the barley was in the head and the flax was was in bud, but the wheat and the spelt were not struck, for they our late crop. Uh, verse 33, So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread out his hands in the, uh, to the Lord. Then the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain or, and the rain was not poured on the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet more, and he hardened his heart. 
he and his servants. Ooh. So the heart of Pharaoh was hard. Neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken by Moses. So once again, let's, let's talk about that God. So hail, um, the God of the God called Nut, N-U-T, uh, sky goddess, uh, Isis is the goddess of life. Seth, divine protector of the harvest. Seth is a god of of Egypt? I never knew that. I know several Seths. This highlights a important character trait of those who are walking according to the flesh and not according to the spirit, where if there's consequences to their actions, you know, they'll be like, oh, I have terminal cancer. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do good now and, or I don't know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, as soon as those consequences are gone, they'll go right back into doing what they're doing before. Right. right. And yeah, so he, you know, he was dealing with the consequences of all the hail and he's like, oh, I was wrong. You're right. Make this stop. I'll let you go. And then as soon as those consequences went away, he instantly was like, oh, Never mind. <laughs> he, this time it said him and his servants. So flaxseed is actually used as an oil. It's considered a nut or nutty flavor. It's used for bread making and cookie making. And then keystones. It could be used on yogurt, cottage cheese, salads, salad dressings. I don't think they had cottage cheese. <laughs> I mean, technically, it probably did. Cottage yeah, it's cheese called is... rotten milk. <laughs> but uh, it, it's from the U, uh, Utah Un- State University that I actually got this from. It's for flaxseed. Yeah. Okay, so we have three plagues we just went through. Livestock disease, boils, and hail. And not, not just any hail, like giant hail with rain and thunder and lightnings and... And fire mingled somehow with it. Yet even at the end, and I think Susanna summed this up very well, even at the end, Pharaoh was not repentant. Like truly, true. I'll emphasize, he was not truly repentant of it. Because he did the, like Susanna just said, he did the, oh, I'm I'm repentant of this situation I'm, I'm currently in, not, truly in my heart repentant so and we're not over yet we still have how many left we still have three more three more plagues yeah i guess we'll leave it off on that does anybody else have any like last minute kind of kind of comments about this one okay i think we need to like figure out if the viewers listening to this and we're not already figured this out but uh what the benefits of barley are and why it's actually so important, because I cannot figure this out. I legitimately looked it up, figured out the uses for it, and all it comes back to is flour, bread. Both of That's those... all I know about barley. Like, you, you can turn it into, like, uh, a drink. Right. The, it's just, it's, this seems just like... It, it, those, to, to me, in my mind, it seems like it's mentioning four foods, 
two of which were completely destroyed and the other two are going to come back up because yeah. they weren't. It's like God took half their food away, basically, because of the situation. So I know the barley can actually be used for fermenting and that could be used for the yeast so you can actually use the bread that's what makes sense to me the oils could be from the flaxseed so you could oil the pans do this do that like that, well you need oil to make bread mm, right like back then you needed oil to make bread so i'm i'm just kind of confused on this because it's like okay like you said it's like half of loaf of bread is gone so why is that important well i wonder too if it's just that um this is kind of saying like what time of year it was and the pharaoh was like Ooh. i have to get this hail to stop or else we're literally going to lose everything like if if this hail keeps going we're also going to lose the wheat and the spelt right so he's like you know being a crafty saying oh i sinned i messed up cuz if if the right. hail keeps going then they'll lose everything so it might just be kind of making that point like why he gave in <laughs> Gave, gave in in quotes, quotation marks. <laughs> we haven't mentioned this yet, but I think this may have some, some connection to Joseph. Because Joseph was the one that established all of this. Remember? Oh. Joseph was the one that established all this to save Egypt from their, the, from the, from the, um, uh, famine. But this, I mean, mind you, yes, this would have been about 300 years before, but those crops, it's not like they would have just abandoned all those farms. It would have brought money in also because Egypt would have been the country that had food for seven years. So So maybe that's what they were trying to reference is, hey, maybe this is some of the stuff that that Joseph had them grow was those four things. I I don't know. Maybe it's a mixture of all these. I I don't know. I just, I kind of thought about that is Joseph was the one that, took the land and gave them seeds and then told them to plant these things on their land. Right. Right. That makes sense though, because like it's established 300 years before this, before Moses. And they're like, do this at this time and do this in this time. Like every single agriculture, like you can go to any state and they'll tell you the times to plant, the times not to plant certain what things. You can. Yeah. Right. Because we can't grow banana trees in the state of Michigan. It's not going to happen. Sorry, guys. Orange trees? Eh, certain. They do okay. They're not bad, but yeah. they, they, they still don't do as good as Florida or the lower climates. We do great with cherries and apples. Right, because they're seasonal. Right, and they're resilient. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so if, if nobody has anything else, I will go ahead and close this out then. But that's a, that's an interesting one. If anybody has any comments on that, go ahead and drop it in, in in the thing below. But because this is like a really weird mystery to me, I don't I I, I don't I don't like leaving an episode with this kind of like what is this? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, mean, well, I was just reading ahead to chapter ten with the plagues of the locusts, and he like specifically says, um, "Stretch out your hands and." over the land of Egypt for the locusts that they may come up and eat every plant of the land, even all that the hail has left. And like it says that several times. So it specifically makes the point, even that, even those plants, like, so then there's literally be nothing left. And then Pharaoh again is like, Oh, I sinned. Like, cause now he's lost everything. So I feel like it is just kind of like a, 
they've lost most of their plants, but not all of their plants. And then later, God's literally going to take all of their plants. And the young lady in the front row wins the new car because I think you're right. <laughs> I think I think that's right because if it's referencing it later, read the next chapter real quick to figure that out. But. To figure this out, yeah, we just needed to keep going. So yeah, so it it, it is it it is then that like what you just said that that it's well we've lost half our crops. Well, we have this little bit of crop left over. Oh no, the next one coming in is locusts, and you're gonna lose all the rest. Oh, that, like, that can you eat terrible. locusts though? Uh, depends. I could have swore you could. I'm just saying. If you're a vegetarian, it's questionable. <laughs> They're insects. It's not animals. <laughs> it still had a mother. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close this out in prayer. Let's catch this out. We, we've been going for like 50 minutes. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this discussion. Uh, Father, I pray that... Uh, this will be, uh, I know we've had an enjoyable time just going through your word, Father, and I pray that uh, those who are listening will also have an enjoyable time following along and uh, understanding uh, your word in a more powerful, a real, uh, tangible way, Father. We love you so much and we thank you for all of this. In your heavenly name, amen. amen. Well, this has been Justin. This has been Sully. This has been Joe. This is Susanna. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and have a, a good I don't, I do this every time. Now listen, just because this is the end of the episode doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation. You can find Biblical Chili on almost any social media outlet. Also, each week, Biblical Chili goes live on YouTube. And if you're not a big fan of YouTube, just search for Biblical Chili anywhere and I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Or just go to BiblicalChili.com. We also want to make sure we give a shout out to one of our co-hosts, Joe, who's a host on BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Now until we meet again, remember, be part of the conversation. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Have a blessed time. Have a blessed time, everyone. Have a blessed day. Come on, Joe, you got to give one. Have a blessed day. That's what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you.